how much do you know about this type of real estate? How much do you know about real estate investing in general? Because the more the, the more complex projects you get involved in, the more you're going to want to know. Hey, wealthy women, welcome back to another episode of Women Creating Wealth. When you're creating wealth with real estate investing, how can you be sure that you have a nice, diverse portfolio? Well, of course, when you're getting started, you've got just got one property. So how diverse is that going to be? It could actually be diverse because the first property you buy could be a commercial property. And inside that commercial property, you could have different tenants. So first, let's set a little foundation. What are the types of property that you can get? What are the types of real estate that you could potentially buy? Well, shit, there's a lot of them. First of all, the one you're most familiar with, residential. You could buy a house or a condo or a place where people live. You could buy a commercial property, which is like basically a place where people work. You could get an industrial property, which is a place where, where machines used to work and maybe aren't anymore or maybe are. And you could buy land. So those are the four basic types. And then there's also other things you could do. For example, you could be part of a syndication, which owns lots of residential properties or lots of properties where people live. You could get, you could be part of a, a development project with somebody who's building some kind of a project and you could put your money in and be in on the ground floor of that and help that person to meet their financial needs while watching that happen while being a part of potentially learning about what they're doing, what the process is. Those can be really fun, interesting things. And those also all add to your diversity. But let's just talk about, let's imagine that you're just starting out in real estate investing and you are going to just buy one piece of property. And you're like, I'm going to buy one piece of property, but I don't want to feel stressed out. I don't want to feel like, oh my God, all my eggs are in one basket. And what happens if Dot, 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 fill in the blanks with some bad shit. <clears throat> All right. An easy way to do this is to buy a small commercial property, like a little storefront that has a couple of different stores. You don't want a storefront that has one store because then if that one business goes out of business, you're going to be in trouble. You could have bought, for example, I, I was speaking with someone the other day who wanted to buy a uh, it was a building that was leased by a major chain. It was a food chain that exists on the East Coast called Friendly's Ice Cream. It's like, wow, here's this business that's been around for like 55 years, maybe longer. They've got, they're, they're renting this place. It seems like a great deal, right? It's already a business. It's a business people know. They have commercials on TV. They're, they're like, they're out there. They exist. But you start to do a little digging deeper and you could find that that particular company has filed bankruptcy for like the past eight years. For this. So they've not broken even, even. They haven't even broken even in the last eight years. Not a great bet, right? So no matter who, you could have had, um, what were they? Not Best Buy, they're still in business. Circuit City, are they the ones that went out of business? So you could have had this huge thing like, oh my God, I'm running to Circuit City. They're like a gigantic a gigantic company. They've got tons of inventory. They're not going anywhere. You could have, you could have, your tenant could have been Toys R Us. And you're like, oh my God, Toys R Us. You know, and they got their own giraffe. No, they all went out of business. So you would have been sitting there because you had one big tenant 
renting one gigantic building that now you have no way to pay for. And you're in the, you know, the, the um, bankruptcy court with everybody else trying to fight for pennies on the dollar of what they owe you. So diversifying within that one building is a good idea. So a small building that maybe there's like a laundromat and a pet store or a, a restaurant and a hair salon or, you know, like a couple, at least two businesses that are very different, like that have very different perhaps clientele, but at least that they're very different types of businesses. So are people likely to just stop having pets? No. So if you get something that, you know, like the places where you can go in and you can wash your own pet, right? Oh, it's like a dog washing place. They've got just a bunch of sinks. You bring your dog in, you can wash your dog and not have to worry about making your own house a splattery mess. That could be one of the businesses. And then on the other side, something that's completely different than that, but maybe a place where pet owners would also like to go, like a place that sells coffee. When you're thinking about diversity, think about your tenant mix. Another way to do that is to buy, if you bought, say you bought a three-story property, a three-story building, and two stories were residential. So people are living in two of the stories, but the bottom is a, is a convenience store, something like that. So diversity can even happen within one building. But if you are going to buy multiple buildings, then you can start thinking about diversity of neighborhood. You can think about diversity of tenant mix. You can think about price diversity. So maybe you've got one place that rents for, that's a high luxury type building that rents for a lot of money. And you've got another one that's in a more blue collar sort of neighborhood that rents for a normal rent. And, and that's two different, probably two different clientele, two different market cycles and two different potential problems. Like, you know, your luxury clients might be affected if the stock market crashes, whereas your blue collar people might be affected by something else. So when you're thinking about diversity, think about the different buckets that you could potentially put your money into. And then think about what interests you. I mean, it's you can have a property manager, but a lot of times when you're just getting started, you're not necessarily going to have somebody else to manage that property for you. So that's going to be you doing that. And who are you going to want to talk to? Who are you going to like working with? So then you, we can get into the conversation about buying a property where the tenants are already in place versus buying a property where you're going to have to figure out the tenants. So let's say that in our commercial uh, example, so in our commercial example, maybe you're buying a property that already has the, the dog washing and the coffee shop, but maybe you're just buying a big empty storefront. Maybe it used to be something that's gone out of business and now it can be reimagined. Right now it's one unit. So it had one tenant and you think, hmm, this is big enough and the zoning allows it. I'm going to turn this into two or three tenants. So instead of one giant tenant who might go out of business or might not be able to pay on time, you now have three possible businesses who are going to hopefully complement each other, even to such a way as for parking, like you think of, okay, this is a restaurant that's open for dinner. And this is a, something that's open for breakfast. So, you know, this, we've got a 
place where people are just going to go there during the day, like to wash their pets. And then we've got a place where people are going to go in the evening to have dinner. So the, the, the uh, traffic mix is going to change and there isn't going to be a lot of competition for parking spots. So it, in the evening, it's mostly going to be the restaurant patrons who are parking there. And during the day, it's mostly going to be the dog washers who are parking there. These are really good things to think about and really complimentary things to imagine when you're thinking about what could be a limitation for your space like parking. And and the and the advantage of your fitting out the property yourself. So there's an obvious disadvantage like it's empty and you're going to buy it and there is not going to be any rental income right away. And on top of that, you're more than likely going to have to put money into it in order to make it rentable because you're going to put three units there instead of just one or two units instead of one. So you're probably going to have to build a wall and make sure that there's access. But once that's done, it's once it's done, you're good, but you've got to factor all that into your budget, right? You got to think, okay, how long is this going to take me? What are my holding costs going to be? Do I have to get permits and things like that? Let's say you do have to get permits and stuff like that. Then you want to tell the person who you're buying the property from, you're going to say to the seller, I'll buy it, but not until, I don't want to actually own it until I have all of my, all my, um, I don't want to actually own it until I have all of my, stuff in place, all the permits that I need, all the approvals that I need until everything's in place so that I can immediately start working on it. And then I'll start paying the mortgage and then I'll start paying. And you can line up your builders, line up everybody so that the day of the closing, you're ready to just walk in there and start working on it immediately because every day you're empty is a day that's costing you money. So what are some other ways to diversify your real estate portfolio? We've talked about being in different locations. There are locations. So let's think about even different locations in a different way. Locations that have different uses. So even within the state of New Hampshire, you could be in a place where a lot of business happens, or you could be in the White Mountains where a lot of vacation stuff happens. Those are two really different markets, but you're in the same state and you could, you'll be even in driving distance of each other so that you could service them both. You could potentially manage them both. Maybe one of them's an Airbnb and the other one is a full-time rental. Maybe one of them is an Airbnb and the other one is a commercial rental. So the way to figure out what is the best mix for you, because you're not going to know about every different type of real estate, right? You're not going to know anything about commercial. If you've never done commercial, you're not going to maybe know about Airbnb. If you've never done Airbnb, what are your goals? How much time? There's, there's like four factors when you're figuring out what kind of real estate investing is for you. One of them is how much money do you have, right? Can you afford to buy two properties? Can you afford to do a build out of something? Or do you just need to buy some small thing that's already ready to go? So that's your how much money that you have. Number two is how much time do you have? And that's time that you have to actually invest in doing stuff yourself at this property. Then there's the time elapsed, like how long before the day you buy this property and the day that you want to start seeing some revenue generation. I want to buy this property and five years from now, I want to be able to retire 
on the revenue that I'm making from real estate. Okay, so that's a different plan versus somebody who's like 20 years old. And they're like, oh, I'm happy to stay invested for 40 years. I'm in for the long haul. I don't need to start drawing from this real estate right away. I I just wanna I I'm just wanna have fun with it. I just wanna have a little extra tax deduction. And the last factor is knowledge. How much do you know about this type of real estate? How much do you know about real estate investing in general? Because the more the the more complex projects you get involved in, the more you're gonna wanna know. So if you're just gonna buy if you're, let's say, buying into someone else's project, it's great that they are going to teach you. So let's say you, you decide you're going to jump on with a developer and you're going to give that person some money to work on a project that they've already started. Great. How do you know you're giving your money to the right person? That is the knowledge of being able to look at their financials, being able to look at the plan, making sure that what you're doing makes, what they're doing makes sense. But that you can actually offload to somebody. You could have your attorney look at that paperwork. You could have another friend who does real estate investing because that's a one-time thing. You're most likely just going to do a bunch of analysis and then give them the money. And then they are maybe going to teach you some things about what's going on. But if you're going to get involved in buying your own commercial property right out of the gate and you're going to try to break it up and you're going to try to find a good tenant mix and you're going to want to know, does it make sense to have this particular type of shop here? Who's who's going to need it? Do I need more parking? There, There's a lot to commercial property. There's a lot even just to commercial leases, to making sure that you're putting these leases together in a way that makes sense for you and for you know, and that's also going to allow you to attract a good tenant. So I think, I feel like of all of the different types of real estate, industrial requires the most knowledge because you're probably going to turn that industrial building into something completely different. And then the next step would be the commercial property because you've got the nuances of leases and tenant mix and all that kind of stuff. And then residential, especially smaller residential, that's probably something that's fairly easy for you to get involved in. And then of course, land is a whole nother thing because land, all right, let's talk for a minute about land. When you buy a piece of land, do you have to build a house on it? Do you have to build an apartment building on it? What do you, what can you do there? There are so many things that could happen with a piece of land. For example, in a lot of the, in a lot of the Midwest and the Southern states, you could potentially purchase a piece of land that had and give and sell the mineral rights and have somebody find oil on your property and they're paying you a monthly stipend to continue to put their wells there. You could take your piece of property and let somebody put up a big giant roadside sign, right? Was you're driving through, if you ever drove down the East coast to Florida from, from the upper, from the Northeast, you find every so many blocks, there's a big giant sign for this one store. That's that's uh, south of the border. And they have just paid people who own little empty pieces of land to put up big, gigantic billboards. Hey, that's a use. You can let somebody put a cell tower on your land, right? There are ways that you can have some people to rent the land that actually aren't going to require any kind of maintenance from you. And then you could go to the next step and say, okay, I'm going to rent it to people who are going to uh, put up tents there. And I'm going to rent it at an Airbnb as campsites, or I'm going to rent it to somebody who wants to park their machinery there. 
there are all different uses for land that don't have anything to do with actually building something. And you can buy land and get the permits to have something built. So you can get all the permits approved and then sell it to someone who's going to actually do the work to improve the land. So these are all different ideas that all involve some type of diversity in your real estate portfolio. If you want to have a conversation about this, I would be happy to talk it through with you. I know it's, I know there's a lot to it. I know it's complicated. I know there's like, Chris, I don't know what the hell are you talking about? Doggy daycare. What is that? So let's chat and I will give you some ideas. So the book is Empower Your Inner Millionaire, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Investing. And men can read it too. Men have read it and nothing bad happened to them. So you can read the book. That will give you some good ideas. But you can then go on the book's website, which is E-Y-I-M, which stands for Empower Your Inner Millionaire. So E-Y-I-M-Book.com. There is a place there called Quizzes. And you can do a quiz that asks you some questions. And in the end, it's going to give you some idea of what type of real estate investing might be good for you based on your four components that we talked about, knowledge, money, time, and time. So do that. Have a good time with that. Give me some feedback of how that went and what you thought of the quiz. And tune in next week. We're going to have an awesome guest for you next week. She's just, and the, you know what's the cool thing about next week's guest? Her name is Guest, Julie Guest. She is going to be our guest next week and she's amazing. She's fun. And she's going to tell us about an unpleasant and uncomfortable experience that she had in real estate investing and how she managed through just grit and determination to get herself on the other side of that. So be sure to tune in. In the meantime, have an amazing week and think about ways that you can create wealth 